Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today. Good morning, and welcome to Contemplative Worship here with the Center for Christian Spirituality at Chapelwood United Methodist Church. We're grateful for your presence and for this time that we can gather in this way and open ourselves up to uh, the Beloved One and to be receptive to uh, new revelations of divine love, which is... Our focus during this time of uh, Eastertide, and we're, we've been following um, the writings of 14th century uh, English mystic, uh, the woman uh, Julian of Norwich, and these epiphanies, these visions that she received when uh, she was what she thought was her deathbed. But she lived to go on and, and write about all of these visions. And so we've been using this as a way of, of entering more intentionally, mindfully into the season of, of Easter, of resurrection, and what the living Christ continues to reveal to us about the love of God, the deep love of God in which we're all embedded and immersed, or maybe to use Julian's language, in which we're all enclosed and all enfolded. And so as a way to uh, enter into this space um, more contemplatively, I just invite you to close your eyes and to bring your attention uh, and focus to your heart, to this literal, physical region of your heart. 
in one of Julian's visions, she saw that as she looked into her own heart, she saw her soul, which was an expansive, beautiful realm, kingdom. And so I invite you to focus into your heart, this region of your heart. But also just to begin breathing more deeply from the region of your heart as you inhale a little more deeply than you normally do and exhale, almost as if you're breathing in and out from this region of the heart. This holy place that is the dwelling of God. And as we do this, we might find ourselves becoming more still. Our mind becoming more still, our heart becoming more still. Not as frenetic or chaotic, but coming into a kind of coherence. And from this place, I invite you now just to, just from the region of your heart, just to be aware of what's around you, that you are enclosed in this beautiful sacred space. in which we dwell with God. As we are enclosed in this space, so also we are enclosed in God. And in this way, we pray and we open ourselves. And as we hear these words of Julian, prayer ones the soul to God. I saw that his continual working in all manner of things is done so goodly, so wisely, and so mightily that it overpasses all our imagining and all that we can hope and think. And then we can do no more but behold him, enjoying with a high, mighty desire to be all one unto him, centered to his dwelling, and rejoice in his loving and delight in his goodness.
God is nearer to us than our own soul, for he is the ground in whom our soul stands, and he is the mean that keeps the substance and the sensuality to God so that they shall never depart. For our soul sits in God in true rest, and our soul stands in God in true strength, and our soul is kindly rooted in God in endless love. And therefore, if we will have knowledge of our soul and communion and discourse with it, it behooves us to seek into our Lord God in whom it is enclosed.
pray that, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the goodness And when he would, by full accord of all the Trinity, he made us all at once. And in our making, he knit us and won us to himself. By which oneing, we are kept as clear and as noble as we were made. By the virtue of that same precious Wanting, we love our Maker and seek Him, praise Him, and thank Him, and endlessly enjoy Him. And this is the work which is wrought continually in every soul that shall be saved, which is the godly will aforesaid. And thus, in our making, God Almighty is our nature's Father, and God all wisdom is our nature's mother with the love and the goodness of the Holy Spirit, which is all one God, one Lord. And in the knitting and the oneing, he is our very true spouse, and we his loved wife, his fair maiden, with which wife he is never displeased. For he says, I love thee, and thou lovest me, and our love shall never be divided in two. One of the beautiful and profound words that Julian uses often in Revelations of Divine Love <clears throat> is this word in the Middle English. Wanting. And you've seen that several times already um, today popping up. Wanting. This is an example of verbing. <laughs> right? 
We know what verbing is, like adulting is hard, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, have you texted anyone lately? Or have you FaceTimed or Zoomed, right? That's taking, uh, making a verb what was a noun, right? This is what Julian has done with one. But she talked about wanting. And I love this word, wanting, because it, it, it has a different image to it than what is usually, how it's usually translated is um, united or, one, or, be, or union, perhaps. But she uses this word, wanting. We have been wanted to God, and we are experiencing wanting with God. Um, what's fascinating about what she sees in this vision is that it's somewhat distinct from what much of Christian spirituality had talked about over centuries, that there is this process or journey that a soul goes through. Um, the traditional journey is threefold. It begins with some kind of conversion experience that leads to, to a kind of purgation or purification, that the soul has to be purified. Then it experiences some kind of phase of illumination until eventually it comes to experience union with God. Oneness with God. But what Julian sees is kind of turns it all on top of itself, on its head, so to speak. She says, in the beginning, we already are already one to God. In the very beginning, we are all already enclosed in God. That the very ground of our being and all being is the love of God. That's what she sees. And she sees it almost as in this, what really traditional, what not traditional, but contemporary kind of cutting edge like quantum science talks about is like, it's almost like this living hologram and that it's all enclosed in one another. And we're all connected to one another because this living hologram that is all of life and existence, it's all one in the oneness and love of God. It's all entangled in some way. The problem, though, is that part of our issue is we aren't conscious of that wanting that has already taken place, that oneness, that we are wanted with God or one to God. And so she talks about prayer as this way that the soul is one to God. But again, she doesn't mean that's how it actually happens because she's already shown and seen, been, seen, been shown and is letting us in on this vision that we already are one with God. But in prayer, that oneness or wanting comes to consciousness. It comes, it, it moves from our subconscious ground and reality to awareness. Yes, I am already one with God. And she says there that what she saw is the soul is already clear and pure and noble. She doesn't see that it's dirty or sinful or marred or anything wrong with it. It's in its oneness with God and its very ground and nature. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's good. For God dwells there. The one who is almighty, all wise, all good. The Trinity dwells there. But how can we open ourselves up to becoming more aware of that oneness. And once we see it, it, it changes us. It changes our perception. And we begin to see the oneness that is all around us. 
again, it's like we're enclosed in this sacred hologram. And any place we touch, it also touches us in some way because we're all connected. We're all one in the deep love of God. And if we can just see that, perceive that at the level of the heart, it changes how we engage our world. Because all of the world, already, as Julian shows us, we're already grounded in the love of God. But we fall asleep to that. And so we need ways to wake up to that. And prayer is that way, that we come into awareness, that our soul is one to God. And as we make prayer our way of being in the world and living in the world, then maybe we can help others come more into awareness of that. But if we're not living in awareness of our oneness with God, if we're not living in coherence with that truth, then we manifest incoherence and chaos and dissonance in the world. If we're vibrating from that frequency, that's what other people are going to pick up. So may we remember our oneness, our oneing with the beloved, our coherence with the beloved. May we live from that place and from that state so that we can help each other, help this world come into remembrance and a deeper knowing that we are already one to the beloved who loves us with an endless love and in whose endless love we are forever enclosed.
trust that will not
words that will not heal, the scars that will not fade. God will hold them all, cherish them and love them, nurture and restore them until we are By this bread of life, may we remember that we are one to the beloved. In this cup of new life, may we remember that we are one to the beloved. Let us pray. Oh God, pour out your spirit upon these gifts and we who are gathered. Make these gifts be for us, the body and the blood of Christ, that in Taking these elements in, we may be one to him and one to you so that we might in turn offer ourselves as a living sacrifice for the world, just as he did. It's in his name. Amen. Amen. We get to share this feast together. One meal one meal for each of us. And may we be aware of how it brings us into oneness with God and into oneness with each other. There are two communion stations. You can come down the aisle. Your server will put the bread in your hand. Just hold your cup, your hands out like this. There will be a little cup of juice on the pedestal. You're welcome to make your communion right there or to come to the altar rail or back to your pew, whatever you like. There are little baskets in the front pew for your empty cups. The candle banks are open to receive your prayers. And if you need a gluten-free option, you can come to the organ side and tell your server and they will assist you there. So these are the gifts of God for the beloveds of God. Would you come?
It's been so good to be together. Thank you for bringing the truth of your beautiful selves to this space today. There are several invitations I'd like to make you aware of. First of all, after worship, um, there'll be a group gathering for a little bit more centering prayer here near the organ. And then at 10 o'clock over at the Anchor House, we'll have a time of worship response, which is a great way to take a next step into um, further digesting what it is we're doing here. Um, I'd also like to draw your attention that out in the hallway, um, Reverend Cindy Sirio is here, and she leads the Soul Collage Ministry, um, which we, we at the Anchor House are one of the locations for her. Once a month, a group comes together for an intentional um, expression of art that then serves one's prayer life, one's discernment process, one's, um, well, just inner landscape. It is a powerful and very beautiful um, act and practice. And so if you're interested in just learning more about what that is, Cindy is out in the hallway um, with, with a table of examples and would love to answer any questions you have and um, help you to be able to come and participate with that. Um, the next Sunday at 10 o'clock over in the Anchor House, we're going to have a Pentecost brunch. And so we would love for you to, first of all, wear your red, which is the color of, the traditional liturgical color of Pentecost. And then bring something with uh, that red or orange or yellow just for fun um, and fellowship over at the Anchor House It'll be open to receive your food before we begin worship, but it'll be a great time. So I hope that you'll, um, you'll make a point and come over for that. And finally, at 5 o'clock today in the sanctuary, there is a special um, choir concert that is a collaboration of several choral groups in our community. It's called the Festival of Choirs, and it's going to be exquisite. Um, at 5 o'clock in the sanctuary. So if you don't have plans this afternoon, join me and many others in the sanctuary. Um, several members of our community are a part of that. Uh, of that. So uh, let's come and support them. So as you would, sit and receive the, the word that the divine has for you um, to receive deep into your heart that you might take it into your week ahead. Let us rest. Thank you. 